1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. This time around, we're going to talk to an organization called Howard's Heart. They endeavor to listen to teenagers who are in the foster care system. Let's talk about it. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Amy Bunker. Amy is the founding director of Howard's Heart. Hey there, Amy. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland.
0: Hi, Gary. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Certainly. So Howard's Heart, what is it? Tell me all about it.
0: Yeah, so um, we are an organization that serves teens and youth in foster care in the Portland, Oregon area. We are a federally recognized nonprofit. And we've been here about four years now. Cool. Yeah.
1: So uh, when you say you help out teens in foster care, what, what does that mean?
0: Yeah. So, um, our, our programs are designed to meet the needs of kids who are historically underserved and overlooked in the foster system. You know, ages 13 to 21, that's the least likely age group to get adopted. And it's, you know, there aren't many programs like ours in Multnomah County that focus solely on them. But there's a lot that work with all ages of kids, several for 12 and under, a lot for babies and toddlers. We love those organizations. We partner with them. We work with them all the time. Um, but when it came to looking around and seeing what our teens needed, there's really not much. And there, there are a few more now. But when we started, we were one of, I think, only two or three um, in the Portland area.
1: I know foster kids in general kind of bounce around quite a bit from house to house. Is mm-hmm. it different with teens?
0: No. Um, if anything, it's it's more so yeah. with teens. Um, you know, by the time a kiddo has spent two, five, 12 years in foster care, the amount of trauma that they've experienced is kind of astronomical. And so, you know, sometimes they have really hard behaviors um, and sometimes that means that they do aren't able to stay in placements. Uh, there are also a lot of people in foster homes who are worried about taking teens in um, worried that they're gonna be problematic and and you know that's not the case. Uh, our kids are so incredible they're they're smart and resilient and and so very kind um, but they have been through so much uh, and it's hard to find people who will stick with them sometimes.
1: It's hard enough to be a teenager yeah. In, in ideal circumstances, absolutely. My goodness. So how many uh, how many teens are you guys working with?
0: Well, it's kind of a hard question, mostly because our services are open to every kiddo in Mult- every teen in Multnomah County, um, which on any given day is seven to eight hundred and fifty teens. Um, We worked with about 550 this last year. um, And some of those were kids who accessed multiple programs. Some of those who are kids who accessed one program more than once. Um, So it's a little hard for us to track, but we know at the very least we we served 550 kids last year.
1: Let's talk about some of your programs. Tell me about uh, the programs at Howard's Heart.
0: Sure. Um, You know, when we started Howard's Heart, uh, one of the things that we heard right off the bat from our teens was we don't have people who listen to us and then hear us. Mostly we we don't even have people who listen to us and that's what we need the most. Um, And, you know, going hand in hand with that, we have, we have a lot of needs that aren't being met. We can't just get a one size fits all backpack. Um, and you can't just do, you know, a regular, a, a blanket holiday drive for us because we have our own desires. Um, our teens are really the expert of their own experience. And so what we ended up creating was a larger program um, that really centers their voices. We work with a teen, we, we work at the teen voices committee that we, it's part of our organization and You know, they do a lot for us in terms of helping us make sure we're using language that our kids are comfortable with and meeting all of their outreach needs. You know, um, we have we've added texting me (laughs) to the outreach ways of that kids can reach us. Um, We actually we started out by saying foster teens because it's kind of in the lingo. And we had one young man say to us, you know what? Being in foster care isn't the first part of my identity. It's definitely not the most interesting part of who I am. We want to be called teens and youth in foster care. So yeah. we spent a month redoing all of our media and retraining ourselves because it, that kind of thing matters. Um, so that's kind of the the larger focus um, of, of what we do is really, again, centering their voices. We have four main programs. Um, we have in... Uh, November and December, we have the holiday drive where kids can submit a wish list and then we put it out on our social media um, and our donors, who we call champions, because they really have become a great support and a great voice to elevate our teens among their own communities. Our champions will commit to filling a list and get it back to us and then we'll get it to the kids. Um, you know, and the cool part about that is it's something that our kids get to do entirely without thinking about need. Um, sometimes, you know, they'll put an item on there that's like, oh, I, you know, I need dish towels because I've just moved into my first apartment. But they're also getting way more comfortable with the idea that that they don't have to put dish towels on their Christmas list or their holiday list. They can put a new pair of skates or whatever it is that, that they really want. Um, you know, I think this idea that kids in care have to accept whatever comes their way is maybe one of the hardest misconceptions, um, especially for teens, because they know when they're being shortchanged. So we've got our holiday drive, we've got our backpack drive, which works very similarly. Um, In that case, teens come into our store at Lloyd Center, and they actually pick out all of their supplies, um, and that ranges from what backpack they want, all the way down to do they prefer mechanical pencils or wooden pencils? That's You know, everybody's got a preference about all of these things. And our kids were saying, we're getting the leftover, like, Mickey Mouse backpacks with crayons. And that's great if you're seven, but (laughs) I don't need any of those things. And when I wear a Mickey Mouse backpack to school because it's the only one I have, everybody knows that I'm in care. And I'm singled out. Um, So, you know, by providing them things that their peers have, we're giving them a little bit of anonymity within their own, you know, within this system as well. Um, Let's see, we have an essentials program, uh, which is um, hygiene and care products for, for our kids. Um, We really put a high premium here on um, variety and flexibility. Um, You know, we had, we had a donor ask us once, you know, why don't you just buy in bulk? Uh, It's because none of our teens need the same thing, even in the same home. Um, You know, that's not what they're looking for, and they want to be able to choose things that are that smell the way they want them to. Um, you know that kind of thing. We have we've also focused a lot on providing um, skin and hair care products for our Black teens. Um, you know, Black kids are really overrepresented in care nationally, but also here in Multnomah County. Um, and so many of the teens we first talked to and their caseworkers said you know, they don't have the right hair and skincare products and they're, they're expensive. They're more expensive than buying a $1 bottle of Suave at, at the dollar store, which is completely fine. And we have those too because Mm -hmm. we have some kids who just want that, but for our kids to be able to walk in and choose, you know, conditioner and gel, you know, for their edges and a wig and kind of anything that they might need, um, specifically for their hair and skin care is a really big deal. Yeah, um, And we've had a couple of those kids, you know, we've had a couple of kids come in and think, uh, you know, make that teenager face of, oh, the essential shelf. It's not going to have anything I need because nobody ever does. And then they walk over to it. And we had one young woman say, it's like Christmas. because," <laughs> she, And she chose an entire bag of products that she could actually use. And, and she said to us, this is one of my favorite products. How did you know? We had no idea. Yeah. But we go for such a variety um, that it makes it easy for us to be flexible.
1: Again, it's that thing of being a teenager. You know, we all remember what it was like to be a teenager and go through teenagedom. And yeah, and you need a lot of grooming essentials, and and you want to look cool and be feel cool. And-
0: yeah, absolutely. And you know, none of our kids need help feeling different, feeling like an outcast, feeling like a stranger. I don't think any teen needs help in that department, but especially ones who are in the 15th home that they've lived in in their life. Um, Then our fourth program is actually our biggest program. It's called Special Requests. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, teens can request an item for themselves. We also have a separate form that anybody in their life can use. So a caseworker, a foster parent, a mentor, and if however our teens are most comfortable requesting it, um, they ask us for what they want, and again, you know, we will we will fill their needs every time but one of the things that we have started seeing and one of the things that we made it made a priority at the beginning was that this isn't just about need my my co-founder grew up um, pretty poor and she remembers feeling a lot of times like um, you know beggars can't be choosers yeah. and we went a hundred percent away from that mindset you know these kids are no less than any other kid yeah. um, and they are no less deserving and they don't have to do anything for Howard's Heart to get and keep whatever it is that that we're providing. Um, so, you know, we had kids, when we started out, we had kids saying, hey, I really need a brand new pack of socks. And I really want, like, a helmet so I can ride my bike safely, both of which are still requests that we get. Um, but the last couple of years, you know, we've seen a lot of um, growth in their asks in that they are so much more confident in in showing us what, who they are in their asks. We have, you know, we've gotten asks to send kids on choir trips, which we've done. Um, mm-hmm. and we've, you know, provided, um, it pretty much every so- sports equipment under the sun. And, um, gosh, this last year, uh, we provided, um, kind of a professional level violin for a kiddo who had, actually received a beginner violin from us during a holiday drive several years back. Wow. Uh, and she came back and her teacher said to us, you know, she's a, she's a prodigy. Um, oh, wow. She can she can do this. Nice. Um, but she needs better equipment. So we went to our community and said, let's do this. And they showed up. They showed up really hard. And so this kid has what she needs now. And if music's not what she ends up choosing, that's fine. Yeah. She gets to keep that violin just like any other kid would. It's hers for the rest of her life.
1: So awesome! We're talking today with Amy Bunker, founding director of Howard's Heart. Now, you've been talking about all these uh, things that you give out to the, to the kids. Where does it all come from? How do you how do you gather all this stuff?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we are really grassroots. Uh, this this initially started when I was asked uh, by some some former coworkers at the uh, child welfare branch where I used to be a caseworker um, to see if I could fill holiday lists, holiday wish lists for their teens. Um, and we, it blew up. Um, I started a Facebook group with 40 people and it was to 400 by the end of the week. Wow. Um, yeah, and we filled 95 wish lists that year with nothing, no advertising, no plan, nothing like that. My living room was insane. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, what that showed us when we got together with these coworkers and some of the teens after the holiday drive and learned that this need for our kids is year really year round, you know, teens don't just need individual things at the holidays they need their individual needs met 365 so we heard that need and we had this community that was raring to go yeah. um and so 90% of what we do is social media and you know we have some private asks we certainly have a couple of our champions who have said to us you know if you've got a hard to fill request just come to me personally and I will take care of it um, we've received a couple of, of grants, but we're pretty new. Yeah. Um, so that takes a little bit of time to develop. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of it is word of mouth. Yeah. So
1: I noticed on your website, there's a donate button. So anybody listening can certainly donate to yes. Howard's heart,
0: please, please. And, you know, I think one of the other really fun things to do with our organization is honestly, we invite people to come and, lurk for lack of a better word on, on our social media, because, you know, two things happen there. You really get to meet our teens through their requests, their personalities shine out so hard. Um, and they're so incredible. I, I can't say enough about how much potential our kids have and how, you know, they are in a situation completely out of their control. Um, and, one of the things that we can do is provide this space for them to say, I know that this isn't my situation, but like, I I know that this is my situation, but also I wanna be a professional chef. How can you help me with that? Um, So it's really fun to Mm -hmm. come and, and watch our Instagram and Facebook because you'll see these requests and then you'll also see members of the community stepping up within 20 minutes or two days and saying, yeah, I've got $25 on this or I'm covering this whole thing. Um, you know, it, it really does. It's this really interesting um, social forum that is being used as a community, as an agent for kind of change in our community. And, you know, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of us, myself included are pretty disillusioned with social media.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say that's nice to hear something that's positive coming out of social media. Cause that <laughs> that's a rarity.
0: It is a rarity. Um, and I think If, but I also think that for us, it's the only way we could be successful um, because it's the best way to tell our teens stories anonymously for them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we really value their privacy. We don't ask for their personal stories. We, if we hear them, we certainly don't repeat them. Um, We do occasionally post pictures of them on social media, but it's with their explicit permission, not a caseworker or a foster parent, but the team themselves saying, Hey, this is okay with me. Um, and we make it very clear that they never have to say yes to get something from us. Um, being a kiddo in care is really transactional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get something, you have to earn it and it's just not how we roll. Yeah. Um,
1: Do you have kids that are kind of, uh, shy about asking for things? I'm certain that happens, right?
0: Oh yeah. Um, I would still, I say, still a majority of our requests come in from a member of their team, okay. um, an advocate, or a foster parent. We are working more and more with mentors and foster parents who often have um, more time with with whichever teen they're requesting for. You know, caseworkers are great, but they're very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, working with a foster parent, we go back and forth about, okay, he wants this. What size is it? What color is it? Can he send me a specific link to the item, and that way I know that they're being a, being asked these questions. Um, and I have seen shy kids, not not many, but we have had several in the last couple of years who have gotten things from us that they've then set, come back and said, "I never expected to receive this." And there's trust that's built there. Yeah. You know, trust that that they can ask for what they want. Nobody's going to say you're not allowed to dream that big. And nobody's going to say you're not worthy of this. So they do start to ask for more.
1: Howard has a big heart. <laughs> That's one thing we haven't talked about. I want to introduce you again. We're talking with Amy Bunker, founding director of Howard's Heart. Now, where did the name Howard's Heart come from? I know because I read about it, but you tell us
0: exactly where it came from. Howard Bunker was my maternal grandfather and he grew up in Wisconsin. And uh, in the late 30s, he was a teen in foster care. Um, you know, and uh, the the great part about my grandfather was that being a foster survivor in no way defined him. And it's one of the things that we, we put to our kids here. Um, being in foster care doesn't define them for us, and it never will be the only thing that they are. Um, and my grandfather really lived that. He was a really wonderful, warm man who gave back to his community in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and I I walked him through the end of his life and he thought I was my grandmother. And he started telling me all of these stories about his time and care, clearly that he had talked with her about and had never told anybody in the family, oh, wow. nobody else. And it was the hard stuff. Um, and he, he died about a year before we really got started. And when we started talking with our caseworkers and our teens, we heard from them essentially the same things that he had told me. Nobody showed up for me in the way that I needed. I was only ever seen by one or two people. It was really sad and lonely and scary and hard. And if there had been somebody to say, I get what you need and I'm going to give it to you. Um, you know, He had a, a foster family who actually did that at the very end of his time in care. Um, they made him... Graduate high school before they would sign permission for him to join the army wow. for World War II, um, and and he said in his last couple of days he said you know they made such a difference for me because they asked you know they heard what I needed and they also helped me get a degree that you know finish high school so I could be something after my time in the service ended, um, but I I remember hearing you know, that he always felt like an outcast. He never got to see his siblings, that he was lonely um, and thinking, why am I still hearing this from our teens now? And where are the places that we can apply the resources and the knowledge and the passion that we have for for this to our teens in care so that they don't experience foster care in the same way that he had to that's our hope yeah yeah
1: yeah howard sounds like a pretty awesome guy
0: yeah he was pretty (laughs) rad he was pretty rad
1: so it's time to get out your crystal ball where do you think howard's heart's going to be in the future about maybe five years down the road
0: yeah oh boy uh i mean there's so many ideas still getting
1: your feet wet right now
0: a little bit yeah yeah we're not quite five years old yet um which is a little wild to think about uh we have had so many people ask us when we're going to expand our service area. Um, Multnomah and Washington County workers and kids especially are like, hey, we really want this. This is a great idea. We really need this. <laughs> yeah, um, We're a two and a half person, mostly volunteer organization right now. Uh, my, my co-founder, who is our operations director, and I share like a quarter time paid position. Um, and what we need to be able to expand to our next counties and then slowly statewide really county by county um, is no, you know, is being able to have both the resources, you know, the fi- financial resources, but then also ensure that we have enough support from our community, from volunteers that we can move into the next county and establish what we have done here. You know, we, we don't want to overpromise and then under deliver. Right. Um, and so, You know, five years from now, I would love to see us available in, you know, at least a third of the state. Um, But to do that, you know, we hold ourselves to a pretty high standard because we do have to be able to provide the same amount of essential supplies, the same kind of special request resources. And, you know, moving means one of the things that we didn't have to do this first time around was go out and find people who wanted to donate. They showed up organically, which was incredible. Yeah. Uh, but we will have to do more legwork this time around when we do want to move. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: We've got about a minute to go, but I want to find out from you what, how the community can help you guys out right now. What do you need from the yeah. Portland community?
0: Absolutely. We, uh, we actually, this May, um, it's National Foster Care Month. I always get that wrong, um, but I believe that's actually accurate today. Uh, and we are ha- we are having several events uh, throughout May um, to raise funds, to raise awareness, to again one more time amplify the voices of our kids in care. Um, so. You know, we have a page on our website, which is howardsheart.org. That is our summer kickoff page. Folks can go there and find all of the events that different organizations around town are hosting on our behalf. And then check out our main event, which is on May 28th at Level Beer. It's this all-day carnival kickoff, which is going to be pretty rad. Yeah, it looks pretty fun. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. Um, So, you know, funding is always what... Every nonprofit needs, but mm-hmm. the second half of that, you know, in this is that community presence showing up to these events and learning more about our teens um, and about our organization. And I think really the bigger answer to that question, every kid in care, everybody that we talk to who has been in care or is a foster survivor, right? We've started asking them all the same question, What do you want people to know about teens in foster care? And uniformly, The first answer is, I am not a bad kid. I was not a bad kid. I did nothing wrong to be there. And then the second is, I'm a normal human. I'm just like any other teen. And we need our community to shout that from the rooftops. You know, these kids are are going to be a huge part of the future. Mm -hmm. You know. They might need us a little more than we need them right now, although I don't actually think that's true. I think we get more from them, honestly. Uh, I've learned a lot from our kids. But we have to show up for them now because they're going to be part of the generation that's here next. And they need the same opportunities and resources. And we need everybody in the community to believe in how brilliant and smart and, and good they are.
1: Well, this is definitely a passion project for you. It sh- okay. shines right through. And thank you so much for sharing it with us.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: We've been talking today with Amy Bunker, founding director of Howard's Heart. Thanks again. Thank you. For more information on how you can help out and become a sponsor, head to their website, howardsheart.org. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program.